Welcome into the Super Bowl 58 recap show. Lucas Franco alongside Mike Lucas and Mike. I knew that in March, the day the Jets signed Miko Harbin, that he would be the <laughs> hero to score the game-winning touchdown in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. And what do you know, Mike? My dreams came true. Miko Hardman, Super Bowl hero, the Jets. I mean, the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a funny full circle moment. Nicole Hardman was horrendous for the Jets. He did essentially nothing for the Chiefs. He was almost the reason they didn't even make it past Buffalo. No, against Baltimore, excuse me, in the AFC Championship game. No, he, he fumbled against he fumbled against Buffalo. Oh, was it Buffalo? One of the, one of the two games, but he Buffalo. he did not have a great postseason. Did not have necessarily a great uh, second act with the Chiefs. But when it mattered most, who showed up? Patty Mahomes and his boy McCall Hardman showing that sometimes that history and chemistry may not you may not need it to the biggest moments. And then when they uh they needed it, he entrusted him to make the biggest play he did. And what's funny is, Frank, if you watch the celebration, I don't think Hardman knew what he did when he caught that touchdown. I don't think he realized the game was over. He had just won the Super Bowl with a, you know, it was a, it was a simple catch, but with a catch of that magnitude, his celebration was so mundane until he saw everyone else around him freaking out so uh, kudos to mccall hartman so let me just watch the play one more time because i don't even i'm trying to remember what how he reacted he scored kind of mundane and then he sees everyone pointing at him going crazy and then maybe he, maybe for maybe for a second he didn't realize what was going on but so this was a whole a whole like thing because i was freaking out in the moment because i was like oh my god they're like the clock's ticking down like overtime's gonna end they're not gonna score i was like oh my god call time out call time out and then tony Romo was like there's a second quarter of overtime, which I was completely unaware of. So they like, did a terrible job, Frank. The broadcast and okay, let me go back real quick. Did you know they had changed the playoff overtime rules? Yes, I knew that. The even if they because they explained that pretty quickly that even if they score a touchdown, the other no, no, no. But before system. before they explained it, as soon as the game ended, tied. Did you know that there was new overtime rules for the playoffs? Well, everyone's immediately started tweeting about it. So, like, I, I was, I was. But you didn't know because, like, hand up, I did not know. I remember hearing about it. I had completely forgot. So when they were explaining, I was like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about this. And then they did a bad job in the broadcast, in my opinion, explaining that the clock was irrelevant. Because just like you, as the thing's running down, I'm like, uh, guys, like, like, urgency, please. Like, like could you could you imagine if, like, the clock ran out and, the, and, the, and, like, the Chiefs just, like, didn't get a chance to, like, finish the drive? Like, I was like, I, they, didn't, they didn't say it till the very end. I was literally sitting, I was at a bar with a bunch of friends, and I'm like, what, what guys? They got to move, the, and no one else knew the rules. They're all looking at me. They're like, "What's the rule?" I'm like, I don't know the rule. Like, th why do they have a clock in the first place? Then, you know, like, that's that, and, that, and, that, and that's and that was something that was brought up. Like, there might there might as well just be a play clock and nothing else because it seems like at that point when you're in that stage of the Super Bowl, like the, that specific clock is irrelevant. It's just a matter. There's of no two clock. minute warning. There's no yeah. There's nothing that. But anyway, there's no and, reason and, 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 for the clock. It ended up all resolving itself. I just got immediately scared in the moment because I was yeah. like, is this clock really going to run out here? Like, they need to get – why are they calling time? I was just – it was a whole thing. But anyway, Nicole Hardman, as I predicted, Super Bowl hero. But let's – let's let's. there's obviously a lot to get to. Um, starting in the in the first half, it's it was kind of a, a funky game in the sense that both teams started off with, with red zone drives. They looked really strong, and McCaffrey ended up fumbling, and then Pacheco ended up fumbling – Chiefs in the first half looked like they couldn't do anything, held the three points. But at halftime, when it was only a 10-3 game, it was like I kind of had a sense there that the 49ers had a chance to really put Mahomes away, and they didn't. 
seven-point deficit from Holmes is nothing. We saw a couple years ago into the Texans, 24 nothing, like, I believe, in the first quarter. And by halftime, they had the lead. So, like, if you only have a seven-point lead on Mahomes, I mean, that is – I feel like if you're going to feel good with the lead against Mahomes, it's got to be at least three. <laughs> well, the, Deshaun Watson – Deshaun Watson and the Texans were up 24 nothing in the playoff game. So I was trying so. to think, what's the what's the number of a lead against Mahomes where you feel like as an opponent that you could like is there is there a number where you feel like you could at, take a deep breath? At half? Are we talking is this a specific like at halftime? I mean, I I guess there is no number. I guess there there is nothing. I would go I'll go 20, 29 points. He has to score five times in a half. I'm serious. That's a- in order. Yeah, five times. It, it's absurd, Frank. I, so I bet on Mahomes. We talked about it. I wasn't going against Mahomes. There was no way that even though I thought San Francisco was better, I just I couldn't get myself to go against Mahomes here. And when San Francisco had multiple opportunities, I thought to kind of put their put their foot on Kansas City's throat off the interception. They got no points off. That, that, uh, that, that, that as soon as that happened, as soon as Mahomes took that pick, I was like, all right. The Niners can capitalize here. Like it, it, they have a real chance to like really put Mahomes away, and they went three and out. And that's and then shortly after that, they they muffed the punt. Chiefs mm-hmm. immediately scored. And, yeah. And then and then even after that, the Niners got a touchdown. And they missed the extra. And they got extra point was blocked. And it was just like after all these things were adding up, I was like, it's just, it's just too many things where when you play against Mahomes, like you have to play like a perfect game. And yeah. they just they made too many mistakes in all the that's moments right. where it felt like they had a chance to really put the Chiefs away. And they just failed in every every single one. Yeah, Mahomes is inevitable. You know, the guy is incredible. I, I said this on the show, Frank. This is now two years in a row where if you had flipped the quarterbacks on the two Super Bowl teams, we'll start last year, we'll go this year. If you put Hurts on the Chiefs last year and Mahomes on the Eagles, the Eagles are what? Eight and a half point favorites, nine and a half point favorites over the Jalen Hurts-led Chiefs. And this year, if you put Patrick Mahomes on the Niners and Brock Purdy on the Chiefs, they're what thirteen and oh a half my God. point favorites. If, if Mahomes, if Mahomes 14, was on the, 15 point favorites. Well, I don't know. I think last year the teams were more evenly matched. I, I don't know. I don't know if there would have been that different of a swing. And Jalen Hurts, you could argue last year played better than Mahomes. But Jalen Hurts had like the best performance, like maybe ever. Like uh, yeah, he he, a, he dominated that game. But I think awesome. I I do know what you're saying. Like Mahomes was on the Niners. Like the the Chiefs wouldn't. If, if Brock Purdy was the quarterback of the Chiefs this season, I think you could make a strong case that team doesn't even make the playoffs. Like that 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 is like they're the Jets. So, so my, my my point with that is like there's no tangible stat that quantifies how much better you make everyone else around you. There's not one statistic you could point to that is consistent across the board that says player X makes X, Y, and Z better because of him. But I think when you look at these teams, Mahomes is, and I don't want to say he dragged to the playoffs because their defense is obviously very good. Defense was a big part of this, but the fact that Mahomes has been able to squeak out back-to-back Super Bowls now after trading away Tyreek Hill, who's been the best receiver in football the last two years, with the collection of weapons they have, and Travis Kelsey was phenomenal in the second half of the playoffs. He was not Travis Kelsey's standard through the regular season. He's not the same guy he was even last year with Rasheed Rice and MVS and the ups and downs. They have, frankly, you know, a bottom th- – Five, maybe. Maybe that's being a little too harsh, but bottom 10 for sure. Cast of characters around Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I'm going to. Yeah, we still don't I'm just saying, like, Kelsey's obviously a Hall of Famer, all time great, but he's he's not peak Kelsey right now. I mean, we we were going through this at work. Like, how many many receiving cores would you take ahead of the Chiefs? And, like, or sorry, or how many? Yeah, would you take? Yeah. 
Or, it's or, like 27, or, or are worse than the Chiefs. And the, like, the only ones I could think of were like the Giants Carolina. this past year. Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. And then I, I couldn't think of anyone else. I was like, yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely yeah, they're, worse. They're legitimately bad. And I, it just, it all, it all comes back to, to my point on Mahomes before the, before the game. This guy is incredible, Frank. I know we're going to talk about the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I was trying to think of the, the analogy. I know he doesn't have seven rings like Brady. Yeah. But what did, yeah. what did Tom? Yeah. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. But like right now, and everyone's so hesitant to put him ahead of Brady in the go. He hasn't done it long enough. Hell, I, I think he's better than Brady. Like I'll go out and say it. He's done everything Mahomes can do. He does better than what Tom Brady did. He has the ability to extend plays that Tom Brady didn't. He has the arm strength. that And Brady's phenomenal. We're talking about the, the greatest of all time. And everyone's so patient. He has to win five or, or another two or three before we get out of that conversation. No, he doesn't. Because you look at the attributes of a quarterback. Mahomes is a better quarterback than Tom Brady was. He's, I mean, he I, I, think, I think you make the argument for that a lot of guys are quote-unquote better. I mean, well, the, but, the, but, but here's but here, here's the one thing that you can say with the other guys who, like Rodgers, for example. Rodgers has one, okay? Well, he hasn't done on the big stage. Two things that Mahomes has here that I think puts him, at least in my eyes, ahead of Brady. A, he is 3-1 and one in Super Bowls, Brady 7-3. and three. Look at the win percentage in the biggest game. 75% to 70%. I know, I know, I mean, it's, his, his, I know it's cherry-picked a bit, Frank, but it's not like he hasn't been there. He's proven he can play his best in the biggest games. And I saw right, a stat. First of all, first of all Mahomes has lost the Brady. Hang on, we'll get to all your stats. There are a bunch of stats. Listen, I agree with you. I know I he lost the Brady. I know, I know. I, I, I agree know. that I agree that Mahomes' run is better than any run that Brady's had. This five-year stretch for Mahomes is the best five-year stretch in the history of the league for a quarterback. I think that's indisputable. Mm-hmm. But – and he and, – and, but over the course of their careers, and Mahomes, listen, he, he'll have every opportunity to surpass Brady and be the greatest quarterback of all time when all said and done. But right at this very second, when you look at the longevity of their careers, Mahomes will retire today. Brady's still ahead of him. A, because first of all, he's got more titles, and B, because he beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl and beat Mahomes in the AFC title game, even though I don't believe that Brady was the better quarterback in, in either game. I think that— he, Well, that's and, think, and that's part of it. He beat Brady, he beat uh, Mahomes in the AFC championship game because D. Ford was offsides. And, he, and here's the one stat that I think— and to because me, of the coin toss. And because of the coin toss in overtime. But Chiefs win that coin yeah. toss, they probably may win the game. But, like, this is from Neil Payne's Substack. I'm going to read this quote for – this is word for word. Since 2001, there have been 125 drives in the NFL postseason where it was at least the fourth quarter. There was under a minute left to play, and the team on offense trailed by seven or fewer to start. These are your standard clutch moments for a football team, the do-or-die drives that win and lose critical games. Out of 125 drives, only 40% of them – 40% saw the team on offense pull off the magic trick and get the points they needed. Some quarterbacks were pretty good at it, such as Tom Brady, who was 5 for 11 in those situations. Drew Brees, 3 for 6. Patrick Mahomes is 7 for 7 in those situations. Is that, is that for touchdown or just or just getting whatever requisite points you needed? Whatever the requisite points needed to either send the game to overtime or win. 7 for 7 in those moments in the playoffs, Frank. Nobody has been clutcher than Patrick Mahomes on the biggest stage. He has three rings. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen in terms of physical attributes. Yes, I know it's premature because he still has to win a couple more, but I'm not being patient in my judgment of Patrick Mahomes. He's already there in my mind. He is. I Listen, and, and for my money, he is a greater – he is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. Like, however you draw it up, better quarterback than Tom Brady. And if he wins – if he gets a three-peat, which is something that's never been in the history of the league, then – then that will, in my mind, automatically put him above Brady in, in the historic class. If Tom Brady, if, if Mahomes retires after completing the three-peat next year, then 
it's the debate's over. Mahomes, even though that Brady has seven and Mahomes would only have four, in my mind, Mahomes would still be the better quarterback all time. But as of right now, I can't. You you can't put him that in the in terms of the goat conversation. Brady is still number one. Right now, today, he is still number one. But Mahomes gets a three. I disagree, but it's okay. Number one. I hear. Listen, I, I hear your point. I, I listen. Everything you said is valid. Like this comes down to personal preference. Are you ready? Are, are you ready to make that leap? And that proverbial leap is different for every person. So you, need, so one more, the, you need a three-peat? To me, I just saw him take two teams that had no business beating the other team in the Super Bowl and finding a way to do so. Well, I don't know about that. I don't that. know if Brady I mean, ever had the, that. The, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs defense might have been the best in the league this year. Let's, 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 let's not say like he was playing. Because I, I do agree that offensively, listen, they, they weren't completely like, you know, a, 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 you know that le- – behind in terms of offense. They, they had weapons on offense. They had Pacheco. They had Kelsey. Like, they, it's not like they were completely lack of deprived weapons. And the Chiefs defense was, was like, I mean, was unbelievable. By, far, by far the best defense they had in the Mahomes era. So let's not act like like he dragged this, like, catching nobody's. But going back to your point, so in, your, in, in terms of the NBA GOAT conversation, MJ versus LeBron, how do you sort of view that? So... I, I was team Jordan before I came to Cleveland. I've actually been swayed by the arguments of Clevelanders who I think do have merit. And part of the things they say, you look at the overall basketball acumen of LeBron James. Jordan was a better scorer. LeBron was a better rebounder, a better passer. Jordan was the more consistently good defender. LeBron obviously could do that. But the longevity now of, of LeBron, and granted different errors, but Jordan won three rings, had to take two years off, came back, won three rings. LeBron made eight straight NBA Finals. Granted, he's only been he has one black mark in his resume. The Mavericks finals in 11. No excuse. That was a horrendous, horrendous failure on his part. But he's never been favored in a finals. Do you know that? Outside of the Lakers one, he was never the favorite in a finals. They, they, they were they massive. Had, they had to hang on. No, no, no. There's no way that's true. They were definitely favored with, the with Cleveland. Sorry. With, 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 Cleveland. Uh, with Cleveland. With Cleveland. Sorry, 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 sorry. With Cleveland. Yeah, they were the favorites against Oklahoma City for the second one in Miami. But then at the end against San Antonio, the last Heat series, San Antonio was favored. All the Warrior seasons when he came back with Cleveland right. wasn't favored. So that three and uh, four and what's it four and six now finals record, like obviously doesn't look. Yeah, yeah, he is one in one in Cleveland, one in LA, two Miami. Yeah, four and six. So that four and six finals record doesn't look great, but you take into consideration those Warriors teams that he lost to some of the greatest of all time, and also that finals record. The finals loss record outside of Dallas. You know, Jordan took seven years to get to the finals. So did, so did LeBron. He took eight. Or sorry, he took four. No. Right, he took like wait. three. He dragged a horrendous Cavs team right, right, to the finals. Those Warriors teams, I mean, one of the years he had Matthew Dellavedova as the second best player. Like, am I really going to Matthew hold Bell, that? He wasn't, the sec- get out of it. he wasn't the second best player on the team. Everyone was hurt. Kyrie was hurt. Kevin Love was hurt. Oh, so oh, when they, oh, oh, when they were healthy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, in that finals matchup. So, like, can I hold – I'm not going to hold that against LeBron. I think the fact he made 10 finals is not as impressive as 6-0, and but I don't think the six losses is a giant of a, a black mark as everyone else. And the fact that he's in year 20, Frank, averaging 27-7, and seven, it, the longevity to me has surpassed him ahead of Michael Jordan. But that is – a difference of opinion than when I got here. I'll be honest. I've been jaded by Cleveland, and maybe that's why I look at it that way. But the longevity factor, I think, does play a role in this, which is counterintuitive to my point on Mahomes and Brady. I, I mean, the, the MJ LeBron conversation is one that's like impossible to say, and and I 
I agree that like LeBron has done more with less. And and that and then it depends on how you sort of perceive it, but it is it's a fascinating conversation. I just I think it's too too early to put Mahomes ahead of Brady in terms of the the goat conversation, but he's certainly on track to be the undisputed number Can one player. Can I see this? It's those two and nobody else anymore, right? Like we whether oh. you have a one or two, it's those two and nobody, correct? You're talking about Mahomes and Brady. Yes, those two and nobody else. I mean, my my top five is. As of now, and Mahomes certainly has every opportunity to surpass Brady. But as of now, it's Brady, Mahomes, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, and John Elway. Listen, I never saw Montana play, so it's like my my views of him are like just based on like things I've seen. He's four and zero in the Super Bowl, but for my money, what what Peyton Manning was able to do, like I know he ended up, he lost a lot of games and should have won more Super Bowls, but didn't. So if you want to put Montana ahead of Peyton, I'm not going to go to war over you with it, but. Brady, Mahomes, Peyton, Montana, Elway. Those are my top five. If you want to miss, you know, switch how you do three, four, and five, that's totally up to you. Um, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't fight you over putting Montana three, Elway four, Peyton five. But I think those are the, the clear top five quarterbacks of all time. I, I, we're the same age, so I didn't see. I don't remember ever watching Elway play. I don't remember Montana. I mean, I, I do I, think, I, yeah. I do think just Dan Marino. I know he didn't win, but Marino has but, to be. But, in that. No, 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 no. He can't, no, he's not though. He never won the championship. So no, saying, in, in the conversation, in the like, he's in that conversation. No, no, he's not. He, no, he he is a tier below. He's a tier below. He never won. End of conversation. All right. I, I heard people trying to make the statement, but like, you can't I, I didn't watch the play. I'm just I'm just from people I have talked to the the elders who I I trust. They say Marino was the best quarterback. Obviously, to never win, but some of the things he did. Sure, best quarterback to never win a Super Bowl. Sure, that, that, that right. you could put him in that. He's Charles Barkley of him and Josh Allen are the the, the Charles Barkley of yeah of the NFL Stop playing the the Jordan Mahomes era. A lot of good players not going to get uh, the hardware they deserve. I mean, and I think that, and that's a part of the, what makes you know the Patrick Mahomes so great is that like there are other quarterbacks behind him. You know, Lamar's Burrow's beaten him, but hasn't. But but like, and in the NBA too, like there's all these like great players at. You know, if if only LeBron wasn't there, if only Mahomes wasn't there, they probably would have you know multiple rings. But it's just uh, the way that the way it works. Uh, there are a couple other Mahomes that that, that deserve notice that deserve to be said. Uh, quarterbacks are trailing by ten points in the playoffs. He's yeah, seventeen. This is four, another crazy stat. Seventeen and fourteen, best by any quarterback since nineteen fifty. Minimum five stars. He's five and two in the playoffs. All other quarterbacks. When trailing by ten plus points, are eight and fifty five, and he's yeah, three and one in the Super Bowls. When trailing by ten plus points, all other quarterbacks have four wins combined. Uh, and a couple other debates that um, I thought were fascinating were obviously one of the biggest debates in sports has begun has was who has who deserves more credit, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? In my money, it is Tom Brady by far because we've seen Bill Belichick without Brady. He's a five hundred coach. He, he's just another coach. And the Andy Reid one's a little more fascinating because Reid's been in the Super Bowl. He obviously went to four straight NFC title games without Mahomes, with Donovan Dab and, and other cats of characters. And I was trying to think, like, how much credit does Andy Reid deserve it is? I'll, I'll let you go first for that one. I'm going to answer this two ways. First, I think the answer is a lot. But at the end of the day, the players in any sport always get more credit than the coaches. Because they're the ones who are on the field executing said game plan, who have to make the pressure pack plays 
in the moment with a 300 pound linebacker defensive end barreling down their face in basketball. They're the ones that have to make the shot. It'd be easy for you and I, Frank, to sit on the bench and draw something up with the pressure, but it's a lot easier to draw on the whiteboard or drop a play in the, on the practice sheet than it is to actually execute it with the millions and millions and millions of people watching. So I do believe Andy Reid deserves a ton of credit. I think he's in the conversation for the greatest coach of all time now. I really do. And I think if he keeps him and Mahomes together for three, four more years, he could pass not only Bill Belichick, but Don, is it Don Shula for the most wins ever? Who is most? Yeah. Wins? Belichick's, a, Belichick's on, on track to pass Shula. Shula. Well, actually, yeah. I think he had the coaches again. Yeah. Well, I mean, Andy Reid's only 40 behind, like 44 behind. So at this pace, three more years, he theoretically could pass it too. You know, so I, no, he, if he's, he said 44 behind. But it counts postseason wins. So, oh, oh. yeah, Belichick's yeah, I mean, like 14. Belichick's 14 behind Shula, but it's in total wins, regular season, postseason. So, you know, they win, you know, 15 games with playoffs, three, three years, and now that's 45. But my point is, Reed deserves a ton of credit. Obviously, a phenomenal coach, an offensive genius, a mastermind, a play calling wizard, like in the likes we've barely seen in the history of the NFL. But just like I think Brady deserves more credit than Belichick, I think Mahomes deserves more credit. And Andy Reid, and I think every player essentially deserves, you know, the third string left tackle doesn't deserve more credit than Andy Reid. But in general, I always lean towards the player over the coach because it's one thing to tell you what to do. It's another thing to actually do it under the pressure with all the fluctuating circumstances that go into football. So he gets credit, nothing away from Andy Reid, but I always tend to lean towards the quarterback. And really, like, I guess the best way to ask the question is, Frank, was Andy Reid a crappy coach in Philadelphia, or did you just have Donovan McNabb as his quarterback and not Patrick Mahomes? Well, that's the thing, though. I don't, like, so we've seen we've seen Reid have incredible success without Patrick Mahomes. We have never seen Bill Belichick have amazing success without Tom Brady, and that like to me that matters. Yeah. Um, it's just hard to say because Belichick did win two Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator for the Giants, so technically he has. Uh, he has eight rings, Brady only has seven. But so it depends how you look at it. It's a, it's a fascinating conversation. I don't think there are right and wrong answers. I just I I just have such a vendetta against Belichick that like without Tom Brady he was nothing. Andy Reid without Patrick Mahomes was a great coach, and his teams were consistently good, and uh, made deep runs. A couple other points that uh, I wanted to look at. And it's fascinating because I don't I don't know what the right answer is. Is it is it Belichick? Is he the greatest coach because of the six Super Bowls and because of the long like that that run that he had, despite the fact that he did nothing with that when he didn't have Tom Brady? Is it Andy Reid because he had sustained excellence in multiple places with different quarterbacks? I don't know what the right answer is. It's but like with I Reed, tend, I, I I tend to lean more towards Reed because I've seen him have great success in multiple places with multiple quarterbacks. Even before Mahomes was there, they were great. Well, you remember with Reed, though, back in Philly, at least, it was always good coach, but not clutch. Can't win the big game. Right. Like, sure, that's accurate because they didn't. They only reached one Super Bowl they lost. But, you know, I'm not sure Andy Reed is the Reed. Just like why like, players get more of the blame, too. They're the ones out there. Like, did Andy Reed lose those AFC, uh, NFC Championship games? Or was it Donovan McNabb not good enough to get past whatever teams they were playing back in the year? You know what I mean? Like, it. I just think it always comes back more towards the players. There are certainly levels to coaching. Some coaches are much better than others. And I think Andy Reid is legitimately in that top, top tier. If you want to rank a one, two, three, whatever, like he's in that top tier of great NFL head coaching minds that have ever walked the face of the earth. But I think Andy Reid was a damn good coach in Philadelphia too. But when you have Patrick Mahomes, and that's why the best coaches and quarterbacks 
you know, who was uh, Joe Montana's coach? Joe Walsh. Another all-time great, right? Like the best quarterbacks usually have best. Yeah, yeah. Every, 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 every great quarter, yeah. every great coach had a great quarterback. There's not, there isn't a single like, you know, incredible, incredible coach in the history of like the NFL that was unbelievable that didn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback. It, it, exactly. So I just, I always think it's more the player than the coach. And speaking of that, I do want to ask you, Frank. Oh, were you about to think about the coin toss? No, well, so everyone's making a whole thing about the coin toss, but or that the 49ers choosing to get the ball, but like I, I he, and I hear the arguments for it because if you get, if you give Mahomes the opportunity, to, you know he has to knowing that he has to have four downs, knowing exactly what he has to do. I understand that point, but like we saw in you know college football where uh, Michigan, I believe, took the ball first, scored, put the pressure on Alabama, and Alabama couldn't get it done. Obviously, Jalen Miller was not Patrick Mahomes, but like we've seen this before, where the team that gets the ball first scores puts pressure on the other team, and they are unable to you know capitalize like. I don't know. I that's I, not the I, point I, I want to ask about though. Okay. So I, I agree. I, I personally would take it second, but I hear all the merits. I, I don't think it's wrong to take it first. I, I, I don't think I don't I don't think it's fair to say the Niners lost the Super Bowl because that's that, that's not what I'm that's not that what I'm getting at. But what I want to ask you is the Niners decided to take the ball first, right? It was fourth and four from the nine yard line. I know. Would, 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 does it make more sense I would, to go for it and make Mahomes drive ninety one? I would have went I would have went for it. I'm just saying like that to me. I don't blame the loss on like the decision to keep it, but I think if you get it first and you're fourth and four that close to the end zone, I I, I think it, I think you should have went for it because then Mahomes has the advantage. We have four downs. We just have to get a field goal. We know, but if you're going to be aggressive and get it first, and I think there's a ton of advantages to obviously going first because then you get the third possession. If it gets to it, that's sudden death. But I think you have to force their hand and make Mahomes drive the field. I, I, if I was Shanahan. I would have went for it on fourth and four in the extra period. And I mean, so that I think this is that this that was one of the plays that third down play. I think it's one of the one of the biggest separators between Mahomes and Purdy. Like yeah. so on the on that pass, Jawan Jennings, I believe, was the player, was wide open. Wide open. I mean, wide open. Yeah. And there was an under uh, rusher unavailable in the quarterback, Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Yep. And I think for whatever Mahomes, I feel like would have found a way to escape yes. that pressure. Yes. That's why he's and, the greatest and, ever. And and Purdy was just Purdy, like, I don't know if he got scared. Like, he saw, I mean, I mean, Chris Jones is barreling down at you. It's not like it's an easy thing to get. But I feel like Mahomes would have I think he was scared away. to fumble. I honestly think he was scared. That's why I just kind of chucked it away. I think he was terrified that I'm, I might fumble here. I don't have a good grip. I'll just get it out of my hand, incomplete, kick a field goal. I think and, that's and, what's and, going and, through his mind. And I think it's fair to say, oh, Chris Jones is barreling down on him, like there was nothing he could have done. But I feel like Mahomes would have found a way to, like, escape that pressure. Somehow, because some he's way. he's Houdini. He's the greatest to yeah. ever live, Frank. That's why. But like, but I also believe that if you know, would Brady have escaped just, that pressure? Maybe I don't know. Brady was so immobile. I don't know. I know that's not or, fair. Or you know what? Here's the difference between Brady. Brady would have called up a play to have a shorter, more high percentage pass in that moment. Yeah. And Brady would have made sure up. the protection was slid in the right way. So Chris, yeah, Jones there, there would never have been that communication break. That's what made Brady so great is his ability to read the defenses, to recognize mismatches. Like every time Brady played the Jets, and he knew that there was a linebacker against a receiver, a linebacker against a tight end. Like he knew where it was every single time, and he exploited every single time. That's what makes Brady so great is his ability and his uh, IQ at, at quarterback. Um, very last point to so Kyle Shanahan. I think he's an unbelievable coach. The fact that he's reached this Super Bowl and has been consistently great for the most part 
with Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy is like just a true testament to what a great coach he is. And it's unfortunate for him that he has these black marks in the Super Bowl with blowing the as offensive coordinator, blowing the 28 to three lead. And not having the opportunity to just run the ball and opting to pass the ball with Matt Ryan where he gets sacked and they go out of field goal range. And then uh, this past Super Bowl, we're like up 10 again. And the 2020 Super Bowl up 11 points, 21 10 in the fourth quarter, couldn't get it done. So, like, I would like, wouldn't it be like shocked? I know Brady's going to go to Fox next year, but like, Kyle Shanahan should really pursue trying getting on like a truly elite quarterback because I believe that with a with a better quarterback, like I think they easily would have multiple. I mean, at least two Super Bowls as head coach of the Niners. I'm not blaming the loss on Brock Purdy. I thought he played fine. I also know it's no, 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 no. I'm not saying. I'm you... not. I'm just saying that like the label no, I... Kyle Shanahan as a choker. I don't know if it's fair. It's probably not fair, but he's blown double-digit leads in all three Super Bowls he's been in. And I know one was as an offensive coordinator, not the head coach, but it still counts on your record. In my opinion, part of what makes the 49ers so good is the fact that Purdy's making literally nothing, and you could afford to pay everyone around him. You go in and bring in a Kirk Cousins or somebody, and you're paying him $30 million. That means you're losing some of the depth on the defensive line or one of the weapons in the receiving core. And I think, frankly, their best bet – is to run it all back with Brock Purdy next season because his salary goes from $800,000, Frank, to $850,000 next year. So you can still afford everybody under this luxury that Brock Purdy is, you know, the best single value in the entire NFL right now. It is – I thought the 49ers midway through the season were the best team in football. When they reached the NFC playoffs, when the playoffs started, no, I was, when, when they got blown out by the Ravens, I was like, frauds. No, no, and mid, then, mid-season. No, no, I'm, I'm uh-huh. saying mid-season. I'm going through my progression. By the end of the season, when the playoffs started, I was like, damn, they just got smoked by Baltimore, but I don't think the NFC is very good. I'm still going to pick them to reach the Super Bowl because I don't trust the rest of the NFC. As we got to the Super Bowl, I'm looking at this team, and I'm like, this defense is way better than I think they've played the last two weeks. We talked about that in our preview show. I'm like, this defense has been horrendous against Green Bay and Detroit, but they're not that bad of a defense. Like I think they'll come together. And they just ran into Patrick Mahomes, man. And at the end of the day, Yes, you can upgrade the quarterback position, but is it worth it? Is the upgrade from Brock Purdy to Kirk Cousins per se? No, no, no. There's no upgrade there. Well, that's my point. Who are you going to bring? What elite quarterback are you going to bring in? Unless you're getting Tom Brady out of retirement. But what elite quarterback are you bringing in that's an upgrade over Kirk Cousins that also will negate the fact you have to cut or not cut, but rework the salary cap to lose four, five, six guys who you you want in the roster? Yeah, I I mean, I'm sure it's out there. Yeah, there's yeah, I, I I don't know if it's out there either. Um, one other point I wanted to make was before we go is obviously there was a shooting at the parade on terrible on Wednesday, yeah, horrible. But I think and I and the Kansas City Mayor made comments about like I don't know if we can hold parades again. I think I think that is such a mistake. Like it's like if they if they would have just stopped running the Boston Marathon because of the bombing. Like my only point is like you can't we can't play scared as a country and. Canceling the parades, it just sends, I think, the absolute, I think it, 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 proved, it shows that you're scared and that you don't have, like, faith that things can get better. Like, obviously, it's really unfortunate that it happened, but I think I think canceling parades is the worst possible uh, conclusion to draw from this. That's all I got to say about that. The Kansas City mayor came out today and said it wasn't a premeditated act of violence. There was some sort of disagreement between two groups of people, and it led to a shooting. So it wasn't like somebody, according to the mayor— came out with the intention of, you know, shooting and, and killing somebody yesterday at the parade. I 
we talked a little bit about in the show today, Frank, and it's just it's disheartening that it seems like you can't do anything today and feel 100% safe. Like that was supposed to be a moment, a day of joy and celebration and community and coming together for the Kansas City Chiefs, for the whole city. And every single our- parade, like and every single every single parade before this in the history of life has like been totally fine. Yeah, and it it is an absolute shame and it's a disgrace and it and frankly it sucks that something like that happened. And I we don't I don't want to get into the whole like gun debate and whatnot, but it just the way any of these situations are handled, I, I I'm always left more disappointed than I was before. And every time it happens again, I'm even more disappointed than the time before. And we can only say thoughts and prayers to those affected, and this is a terrible tragedy. Before something has to change, but it is getting to the point where, you know. If someone says they don't feel safe going out in public, I have a hard time blaming them. And whether or not that's living in fear or that's just the reality of the situation, Frank, I don't know the right answer. But it is – it's a sobering thought to know that anytime you go out in public and there's a crowd, something terrible could happen. I went to the Cavs I mean, game last night, and it was – you know I didn't think about it, but we got home and you know I went with Gabby. We, we got back, and it was like – you know. I don't want to say we joked about it, but it was like nothing went out. Like, good. We, we avoided it. We dodged a bullet, no pun intended. And it, it's just, it sucks that that's the society we've come to. And there's no tangible steps towards a solution or fixing the issue or, or even, frankly, progress to getting to a place where this country is in a healthier spot. I mean, to be, if I'm being quite perfectly honest, ever since the Boston Marathon, every time I see a big crowd, I'm like, Oh boy, this is like this is like a disaster way. Every time I see a crowd, I'm like this is a disaster way to happen. Like yeah, there, there could be some. And, and we, were, we were there, so people who don't know our back, like I was one block from the finish line when the bomb went off. Where were you when it actually happened? Well, I was, I was, I mean, I was going to, I was like uh, gathering myself to like start going over to that direction. Yeah, and 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 that means you were on campus, which is three blocks away. So I was at Ob's house, one literally one block from the finish line over. I remember. We were on his rooftop making hot dogs, and I thought it was thunder. I heard the bomb go off. I'm like, did, did, was that thunder? And OB was like, nah, no way. Like, it's too nice. And then we obviously get the alert. But, yeah, I'm, it, it, it sucks, Frank. The world's come to a sad, sad state of affairs, unfortunately. I just, yeah, I just, I just like, I've been waiting my whole life for a Jets parade. Like, you can't take that away from me. There's nothing, there's nothing that can happen in this world that, that would deserve to me not to be able to go on the Canyon of Heroes to watch the Jets celebrate the Super Bowl title, when even when I'm like 98 years old, you gotta put me on a wheelchair to be on that parade route. I will be there. Yeah, if Cleveland wins the Super Bowl, there will be 12 million people out 12 and about. Million people, 12 million. It'll people. be the, it'll be the biggest parade of all time. Yeah, Cleveland. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, 12 million is exact. Exaggerate. It'll be the biggest parade of all time. Yeah. I mean, did the Cavs parade set the records? The Cavs parade was giant. Yes, but the Browns make the Cavs look like a minor league team in this city. So, all right, we'll see about that. That will do it for this edition of the this podcast. We'll be back next week. Hopefully the Nets will uh, not be playing basketball. Peace. Peace.